Hello, this is Yaro Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. Today on the line, I have uh, Courtney Tuttle, or Court for short, who I recently came in touch with through private coaching. I was actually quite surprised when I got uh, an email that Court had booked a session with me because I've known Court as a quite established internet marketer, so I didn't really realize he would need coaching, but everyone who does something online, we all benefit from coaching, me included. So we had a great discussion and then I got to know more of Courtney's Court's background. I think it's an amazing story and I'm looking forward to digging deeper in this interview. So Court, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me and thanks for the coaching. It was it was awesome to talk to you. So thank you. So we were just talking before we started this call about coming up with a, a claim to fame to tell people about why they should hear your story. The thing for me that sticks out the most is you told me you've made at least 200000 a year for the last four years through what you do online. That's some pretty consistent results. So, you know, you're not launch-based, you're not hitting on fads that come and go, or maybe you are, but you're very good at keeping on top of them. So let's really look at all this. Now, I've known you primarily for the Keyword Academy. That was the, the one thing I definitely remember your name being attached to. Yep. So obviously you're a keywords guy, and I'd love to dig into that because that's not a strong point for me. But let's get to that when we reach that point in your story. Uh, Court, where, where did your business background begin? You know what? It was an all an accident. So here's how, it, here's how it started. So this was back in 04. Back in 04, you know, I was just working. A friend, a friend of mine got a job at a marketing firm. And what they did at that marketing firm was just consulting. They taught people how to basically how to do SEO on their sites, get their sites to get more traffic and stuff. So I was just super fascinated with what he was telling me. Like I was really just captivated by what he said. So and he had no idea what he was doing, but you know, he was just telling me basically what they were trying to do as a company. And I wanted to work there. And so just through talking to him, like seriously, two days later, I had an interview and, you know, what, I got hired. What was your background, though, to be interviewed? I had no back, like <laughs> I had no business being there, seriously. Like so I was just doing? so intrigued. I was working at Radio Shack. <laughs> okay, so you were doing retail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I was making nine bucks an hour. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, prior to even Radio Shack, was there any business experience in your past like had you done anything no. no so you're completely well i mean yeah you know i've always been i've always been the type that you know if i have a job i kind of go all the way i just i work hard at everything i try to i try to get as knowledgeable as i can on the stuff that i'm working on so i was always a good employee but i had no like <laughs> you know i i didn't finish college i didn't have a cool job like I really wasn't doing a whole lot, but when he told me about it, I was just super interested, like immediately captivated by by what he was doing. So I had no business being in the interview. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> how, how, like, how do even you get an interview? Because you, okay, I'm a Radio Shack guy. And what were they hiring you to do with this new company? Was it SEO? They were hiring. Basically, I came on when I because I did get hired miraculously so basically what happened was i just I, I came on as like a junior member of a team that was teaching people how to do seo so it took me it was a long process of me you know learning how to do everything that 
that was needed for me to be able to actually teach a person on my own. So at first I was just a junior member of this team and then, you know, eventually I started moving up. So yeah, I was there for, I was there for a couple of years. What was the company? Was it like a, a company selling SEO services or educating people on SEO? And we should say this is search engine optimization. So how to get traffic to websites from sites like Google for the absolute beginners here. That yeah, exactly. amazing. You came to that with no background. So what was that company doing? <laughs> so we were doing SEO consulting. <laughs> so you got hired as an SEO consultant without any background in SEO. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You must be a smooth <laughs> talker or something in interviews, Gord. <laughs> you know what? Like, I think timing was just right. Like, I had a friend, I had an in, and I was just like, I basically just convinced him, like, that I was the best employee at every job I've ever had. And I just sold him on the long term, like, I will own this if you give me a shot at it. And they did, so. And did you own it? I did, yeah. I did really well there. So I moved up really fast. Before long, I was the... I was the managing consultant, so I was the top consultant at the company, um, and I was only there for two years. So this happened really quickly. What What did you learn exactly, Court, and, and how did you get so good so fast? You know what? Like, they, honestly, they weren't that great at what they were doing. Um, so I learned how they were doing keyword research. I learned how they were doing link building. How they were, you know, how they were structuring web pages and all that. But I was so consumed with how that stuff worked, I literally spent like day and night reading, you know, trying to find people who were experimenting with it, talking to other people who were doing well with it. Like I literally just reached out everywhere I could and just consumed information. And I think one thing that set me apart in a huge way from all of them is a couple months after I started, I immediately started a site. I was like, I can't know this stuff if I don't start a site. I have to start a site. So I started my first site and it was the most ghetto, like it was terrible. Like it was the worst thing you've ever seen, but I had a site. (laughs) So I just started doing experiments and testing the stuff they were teaching me. And some of it didn't work and some of it did. So I started getting more confident in what I knew. And this was a, you know, it was a long process for that to happen. But what what was your first site? What was it about? It was a cell phone review site. So did you do like WordPress and, and start writing content? I didn't. I actually learned HTML in the process of doing this. So it, my first site was just static HTML pages. Wow. So you and came it was, from nothing, taught yourself HTML, and then taught yourself all these link building techniques and keyword techniques and did it on a, a, a cell phone site. Yeah, yep. Which you... I interrupted you there. Did you write the content yourself or? I did. So, so yeah. So because of my background at Radio Shack, I was super up to speed on phones, like really, really up to speed on phones. So I figured, you know what? I can do a better job than anybody doing this. So I just started reviewing phones based on what I already knew about phones. So did it work? It did, you know, so I got the, so that first site that I, that I ever created, I got it up to about five, around 5,000 per month in revenue, which, you know, it was all profit. I didn't have any expenses. So it did work. How, how did you do this? Take take us through the process. So you set up the site yourself. What'd you do next? Yeah. So basically I monetized back then with 
the with Yahoo Publisher network ads. Okay. Pride just like Pride ads. AdSense was that available? AdSense, yet? And I did AdSense first. Okay. Someone I knew said, "Hey, try Yahoo because Yahoo pays more." And I tried it, and immediately back then, you know, this was like '05, maybe '06. Back then, Yahoo was paying way more because they were trying to get theirs started. And yeah, I mean, it like doubled up my revenue overnight. So, so yeah, it was Yahoo Publisher Network. Okay, so it was basically ad advertising on the site. But how did you get the traffic? SEO. Yeah. So, so my strategy was when when I and this is this remains my strategy in a lot of ways today. So, I try to find the I try to find keyword phrases that not very many people are trying to use. And back then, the the big phones were like the Motorola Razor, and there was they had another one called the Rizzer that was like a little skinnier version of it. So I try to target keywords like Motorola Razor V3 review. So it was really long, and it was just a lot easier to rank for. So I did all phrases like that, just longer tail, you know, phrases without a lot of competition. And I ranked really well for a lot of these phrases. And then over time, I built, I got the site to where it actually ranked number one in Yahoo. And Yahoo was a bigger was a bigger deal back then than it is now. It ranked number one in Yahoo for Motorola phones and Motorola cell phones. And that's where all the traffic came from, primarily. Okay. Right, got it. It's probably a good idea for us to dig more into your SEO uh, tactics, but let's let's get to the, the present since you know not many people care about Yahoo as a search engine anymore. So uh, take us forward. So you, you're making a website that had five thousand dollars a month in publisher Yahoo publisher income, thanks to your your keyword research skills and your knowledge of cell phones, and you're also working a day job at a consultancy. Yep. Now you said you quit after two years, or you changed jobs after two years? Yeah. So pretty much, pretty much, I just left. I just thought. So I did quit. I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do this internet stuff. And I started some more sites. I actually lost my cell phone site because I was so like I <laughs> there wasn't a lot of nuance to my to, to my technique back then. So I was just super aggressive everywhere that I could be. So what ended up happening was the site got even though I monetized with Yahoo, most I'd say the majority of the traffic came from, well, probably 50-50 Yahoo and Google. Um, so I ended up losing all of my Google traffic. Um, and then my Yahoo traffic started to diminish as I started working on other projects. So, But I had a whole bunch of projects going. So it's still, you know, I, I never had trouble paying the bills. I've been, you know, I haven't had any problem being a full-time earner since 2005 doing this stuff. So, so were you just doing lots of sites? You just kept looking for more like markets yeah. like can you explain how did you even pick markets back then because cell phones make sense because you worked at radio shack but what else did you do almost almost everything i've done has been stuff that i have firsthand experience with almost everything um can you list so, some of the sites from back then yeah totally so uh, i did cell phones i've done a lot with loans um i've done a lot with credit and like and repairing credit because I personally went through this whole process of, you know, my life was a mess back then. My credit score the first time I checked it was under 500, which is just terrible here in the U.S. So now my credit score is 800. So 
going through that process, you learn a lot. So naturally when I'm doing keyword research, I'm like, I'm going to look at credit repair stuff. So, uh, I've done a lot of credit repair stuff. Um, lots of finance stuff that I'm really into lots of, and now lots of the make money using different methods, you know, make money with Google, make money with the internet, all that kind of stuff. I've gravitated toward that some because I feel like I really understand how that works. So those are some of the different niches that I've done. Now, that sounds like an awful lot of work for one man to be writing content and doing keyword link building and, and so on. Was there a stage when you realized that you can't do it all yourself? Yeah. So basically, I didn't ever outsource anything until 2010, somewhere around there. Until 2010, I did every, I did all of it on my own. I wrote all my own articles. Everything that I did, I did myself. So what was a day in the life of court back then? Just writing all day? (laughs) You know what? It wasn't, it wasn't as hard as you think because basically I try to pick niches that just aren't that tough. So it's just not that hard overall. So how things kind of work with me, like, you know, my hub pages are a complete or a good example. So with hub pages, which is a site where you can, you can, you know, you do your keyword research on your own, you go to hub pages and you write an article for hub pages and you put it up on hub pages and hub pages splits ad impressions with you. So you, you make money as long as those hubs get traffic. And I created my hubs. I created a hundred hubs in June of May and June of 2009. So that was, you know, three and a half years ago. Well, really my income on those hubs to this day is pretty steady. It has gone down a little, but it hasn't gone down a lot. Like my high month in 2012 was about $850 on hub pages. And in 2009, it was $677. So it's just, I try to pick stuff that doesn't take that much work. So all the work for those hubs I did in one month. And that was a crazy month. Like I was like 12 hours a day doing those hubs. But now for the last three years, I haven't done literally a single thing. Mm -hmm. And that's consistent income too. Amazing. So when you say hubs, I'm assuming you mean hubpages.com and it's their platform. You just have to submit the content, right? That's exactly right. Now, if you're doing a hundred hub pages, that's, is a, a hub page one article or is it actually lots of articles? It's just one article. Okay, so yeah. you wrote 100 articles in those two months. How many words were they, roughly, on average? I'd say the average was probably five. Most of the hubs were between five and 800 words. Okay, so fairly, not super long, but definitely a full-size article. And to pick what you'd write about, you said you did your, your usual research before that. So can you maybe... Take us a little bit into detail how you do that. Is it just going to Google keyword tool and looking for long tail phrases, like you said before about the Motorola's that don't have much competition? Yeah, so there are there are actually a few ways I do this. And when I teach this, I usually like to talk about the free ways first. Okay. So the free ways, you go to, you start with the AdWords tool. 
So anybody can use the Google AdWords keyword tool. You can just search in Google for that, Google AdWords keyword tool, and you can find the tool. So the tool, what that tool allows you to do is to check the search volume for the phrases, and it also allows you to look at what the CPC is, which is the cost per click, and that is the amount that advertisers are paying Google in order to buy clicks from Google. So those those two things both matter a lot uh, because if a keyword has zero, zero searches, then even if you rank first for it in Google, it doesn't do you any good because you don't get any traffic from it. If Even if a keyword has 100,000 searches, if the CPC is zero, then even if you can get traffic to your, to your, to your web page, whether that's site of yours or hub pages or wherever that is, if people click on it, it, it just doesn't pay you anything. So both searches and CPC matter. So what I look for are phrases that have both. And I actually have, this is kind of complicated, but I have a system that I use to estimate how much I think I can make if I can rank for a specific keyword phrase. And it's, this is how that works. So I take the searches. So let's say the number is 1,000 searches per month. Then I assume if I rank first in Google, I can get 25% of that. So I assume that I can get 250 searches. And with, with every keyword, that's different. And I, I know that, and that's fine. But I'm just trying to make an, a rough estimate of what I think I can make so that I can compare a phrase to different phrases. So I take that, I take that 1,000 searches, and I multiply that by 0.25 to get 250. And that's how many visitors I think I can get. Now, I think I can get on average, 5% of those visitors to click on an ad. So I multiply that by 0 0.05 to figure out, to, to account for that. Only 5% will click an ad, even if I can get them all to the page. Then I multiply that by the CPC, because that's the cost that an advertiser will, will pay Google for the click. Now, I know that I'm not going to get that full amount, so I'm so I I apply a dampener to that. So I multiply that. Sorry, this is complicated stuff. But I multiply that by 0.25, and that accounts for the share that I think I can get from Google of what the CPC number says. Right. And I figured this out just by looking at a whole bunch of keywords and what I've been getting paid for over a few years. So that's just a basic formula that I use that spits out, here's how much you can make per month if you pick this keyword. Okay. How consistent is that? You know, on average, it works pretty well. Um, but some things can, can make it completely different. For example, if you have search traffic that is a person looking for a loan, then it's the 5% of people clicking on ads is way, way, way too low. Probably 15% of them will click on an ad. And that's just kind of how it works. And if you rank number, if you rank high for a phrase like internet marketing, a tenth of a percent are going to click an ad. So you can only use it like it's a it's a rough way to estimate phrases in niches that you don't know. So but if I'm working in a niche that I know, like finance niches, I have a really good idea of what kind of CTR I can get. So 
I'll change that in my formula to account for that. Hmm. Interesting. So, I'm, I, I guess some of this is a bit of just psychology behind what you think people are actively or more actively clicking on and showing interesting because it's interesting for you to say that people will very rarely click on internet marketing as a phrase where they will click on um, you know, like you said with the loans and so forth where to an average person that you think internet marketing is a hot phrase everyone wants to learn how to do internet marketing to build websites to make money right that's what you would think but i actually so one of my sites ranked ranked first in google for internet marketing for a while and it was it was great traffic but they don't click ads ever because it's that this is people like you and me we don't click on adsense ads mm. we know what they are you know we know that we can get a more relevant result by clicking on the the organic listings in Google. So we just don't click those ads, the paid ads. So even if I see an ad on a site that's, you know, on an ad in our niches, like if I was on your site looking at Google ads, I'd probably never click one. Right. And that's why that number is so low. If a person found you searching for internet marketing, they're they're just a more educated person in my experience when I ranked for that. So Okay. Now, I don't want to get too bogged down in the details of all this process because it's, it's probably something that's better taught through visual means as well. And I'm, I'm assuming you have plenty of tutorials, actually, Court. So is there a place that if people really want to see what you just talked about more visually, uh, they can go and check out? Yeah, so they can, they can just look at the free report that's on the Keyword Academy. Okay. So, so. homepage the, uh, of the keywordacademy.com, download the free report. It will it will show you you know I screen I do screenshots and stuff so you can actually see how that okay. how that process the keywordacademy.com yes okay so we'll have to mention that again at the end but that that's a place you can head to right now if you're interested in watching court go through this process which is you know quite like for me that bores the crap out of me <laughs> to be absolutely honest you know I like to sit there and think of something I'm interested in write about it and not have to go through this sort of keyword research process now. I know you're you're a bit like that too, Court. Like you you like the creative process, but you seem to have mixed in a little bit of a statistician here, a mathematics kind of guy, or at least a, a guy who cares about his numbers, to to make this work financially. Now, how important do you think that is, especially for someone completely new who wants to set up a website that makes money? Way it's a faster like for you to get to where you made a dollar, it's much much faster. Uh, it's just. And it's, it's much, much faster because you can start out by picking a really easy niche. And, you know, making sure the niche is easy is a completely different topic. And we'll leave that for, the, for, for, the, for what's in the free report. But if you can pick a niche that's really easy, making that first dollar, that first $10, that first $100 is just so, so much easier. Mm-hmm. So, and when you say easy, you just mean that there's not much competition, but there are enough people searching that you can hit these phrases and get into the top one, two, or three position in a Google search result for that phrase. Lost your cart. You still there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So I want a phrase that I think has value. You know, people are searching for it. It has a decent CPC. And then I'll actually go to Google and look at the competition. I'll search and I'll just see who's there and I'll pick, I'll, I'll pick the ones that are easy. So if I think I can get to the top three with a minimal amount of work, that's kind of ideal. And that's what, that's what I teach people to do too. Okay. So how much of this is the way you've made this $200,000 a 
a year for the last four years? Like what percentage of it is, is this setting up niche websites? Oh, that's a good question. Well, so this is, this is responsible really for all of the revenue I have with, with a few exceptions. Um, even on the Keyword Academy where I basically teach people how to do this, almost all of my traffic comes from doing this. Mm. So I try to pick easy phrases and I target them with blog posts and I try to make just incredibly useful, detailed blog posts. And then I bring people in and they look at my free report, download the free report, and then, you know, there's obviously more stuff involved. Like getting a person to make a purchase is a completely different thing. But the way I get traffic, this is this is pretty much it. Mm. So the only exception I have is I do have maybe what? I probably have two or three thousand a month in revenue that I would attribute to my affiliates. Okay. Everything else. Yes. So, sorry, as we as we talked about before the call, my <laughs> I've been interrupted briefly, but we'll keep going. Um, I'm uh, curious because I know a lot of people I talk to have problems with making the keyword research actually deliver traffic. Like a number of times, I hear people go and read, you know, a Pat Flynn site, you know, read a report like you've got at the Keyword Academy, go through uh, maybe a niche profit classroom, Adam Short's thing, or all the other countless resources out there for doing keyword research and getting traffic from Google. They, it just doesn't seem to work for them. Even a friend of mine, uh, Nick, he went through this process for a tea niche in particular and created a tea blog and wrote his tea articles hitting those phrases. And it took him, I think, eight months to get any sort of noticeable traffic back. Why is this so hard? Well, you know what? The biggest missing piece that we haven't talked about is being able to get links. And that's, that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I would be super interested in talking to him just to see where the issue is. Um, you know, it could be a, it could be a phrase that's just too difficult because I don't, I don't know how he did his research, but it could be a phrase that's too difficult or maybe he's not focused enough on the, on the phrases he's picking. Um, or maybe he doesn't know how to generate interest as far as getting his site linked to. But one of those things is definitely off. If he's not, if he doesn't have the traffic, he's missing something. Mm. I know a lot of people struggle with the link building. Could you maybe give us a quick run through on, especially currently, what you recommend to people that they do to start building links? Yeah, totally. So I do a lot of, I do a lot of guest posting, and I do it on quality sites. And it it takes time to learn how to do this well, but. I think guest posting is huge, and if you can do it on re- on really good sites, you just have a tremendous, you know, enormous advantage. And I try to do that. So, but in some niches, that's not necessary at all. Like I just did a case study. I had to do so. I picked this keyword, six fifty credit score, and I thought, you know what, I can get ranked for this keyword pretty pretty easily. And this this uh, case study got published on SEO Moz la- uh, a few weeks ago, and then promoted to the main blog a couple of days ago. So if you want to find that on the main blog, you can find it there. But here's basically what I did: I picked this keyword, I set up a niche site, and the site is needs to be improved a lot, like the look of the site. But I I went out, I did 13 guest posts, 
So that's no joke. Like most people would probably not do that. 13 guest posts. Yeah, that's a lot. But that's all it took. So now this now the site ranks number two in Google. I did all that work in about a week. Now the site ranks number two in Google. So it gets, you know, it gets traffic from the phrase 650 credit score and from a whole bunch of related related keywords. And that's you know, it's not a it's not a ton of income. But it's a really good start. Just with AdSense, it's on pace to do over a hundred a month. And then I will I'm gonna be working on improving the monetization of the site by look by looking at, you know, credit card offers, because people are gonna be looking at they want credit cards, they want loans. The people that find that site will naturally if they if they search for that phrase, they're naturally looking for something, either a loan or they're looking to improve their credit score. So that's what I try to do, but it took, it took in that example, 13 guest posts, which most people wouldn't do that work, but it's not like, you know, it's not like it takes a year's worth of work to build up to a hundred bucks a month. Like I did that all in a couple of weeks mm. and it or two within two months. How hard I'm curious with the 13 guest posts, like there's 13 articles you have to write. So I'm thinking you know, almost t- at least 10,000 words of content there. And then the actual process of securing the places to put the guest posts is, do you have a system for that? I do. So I started by, I actually, I feel like, I think that the titles of the guest posts matter quite a bit. So I did the titles myself and the titles I used were, were I used titles like, okay, I'm trying to rank for 650 credit score. So I use titles like, how to improve your credit score from 650 to 800. And so I do the titles and I did all titles like that. And then I actually went to text broker and I outsourced the, the articles. Then when I got the articles back, then I was the editor of the articles instead of, you know, instead of writing the articles, I became the editor. So I went in, made changes, added formatting, added bullets, you know, added my own personal touch. And I've been through that process myself. So I was, I was familiar with how that worked, like how the, how the credit score improvement worked. So it really wasn't that long of a process just because I, I outsourced the articles and then I improved them. For me, I've found that that's much like, you know, much, much easier than creating the whole thing from scratch. So the outsourcing, what was the site you said? Text? Text broker.com yeah. textbroker.com and that's an article writing service i wouldn't recommend just buying their articles and using them you know out of the box mm-hmm. just won't get a level of quality that is that would be you know make me comfortable so i act as the editor and i i try to improve them and i'd recommend doing that and, and how much does it cost per article it depends on the level of quality that you want i was spending about eight dollars per article and you can spend up to 25, I think. And if you spend 25, you'll get a much higher quality article. But I've kind of found that for me, I'm going to want to edit the article anyway, even if I spend 25. I'm just particular like that. I just I want to make sure that it's up to the level, you know, the standard that I want to publish. Okay, so I think we've got a picture. I'm, I'm assuming there's more to it than just guest posting to build links, but I don't... Again, don't want to spend the entire call just on the process because I'm sure you outline that in, in what you do at the Keyword Academy. 
And we haven't even talked about how the Keyword Academy came to be. So just to summarize quickly, basically the niche system you have is really your, your keyword research technique to find these long tail phrases. Then you, and of course they have to have enough traffic and you have to know a little, little something about it. It sounds like you'd like to be familiar with the subject at least a little bit. And then yeah. set up the website, um, get some content written to target those key phrases, and then get the, some content written to use as guest posts to bring some links back to the site. And then I'm sure you've got things like social media and like you submitted your site to SEO Moz so, or case study. So that's another thing you can do to, to build traffic in, in your space. And no doubt there's countless things like that you can do to build links as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get to the uh, one, two or three result in Google and you start making hundred bucks a month from the AdSense ads on your site, which I'm sure you also have a system for where best to place the ads and all that sort of thing as well. So there's layers to this, which can't be discussed in a one hour interview. Uh, is that a good summary though of what you do? Good summary, yeah. Okay, so can we maybe just get back on track with your story then? This is the system you built starting, it sounds like at that job you first had uh, and then with your cell phone site and then leaving the job and doing your own bunch of different websites on different subjects. When did the Keyword Academy get created? That's a really good question. So I had, here's what happened. So when I left my job, I started working basically from home. And that that completely blew the minds of so many of my friends. You know, because that was, that was back in 06. And back then, that just wasn't normal. Now, it's really different and a lot more people are doing this kind of thing. But back then it was, you know, my friends are like, what the heck are you doing? So I started teaching them. I started teaching them how to do this. And it started by, this is why I say my career is kind of an accident because it started by having, I had meetups. We had a projector in my house, you know, I had roommates. We had a projector and we had meetups at my house where I would teach them this basic stuff. Here's how you do keyword research. Here's how you design web pages. Here's how you do on-page SEO. Here's how you get links. And people would come over and they just love this stuff. Was that just for fun? You were just helping your friends? Yeah, I was just helping my friends and so many of them started sites and some of them are still doing this stuff today. Um, some of them are doing it full-time even. So it just, it grew to where it got out of hand. Like it, it grew to where new people kept wanting to come but we were talking about stuff that was further on, you know, down the line. So it just, it didn't work for that long. And I thought, you know what, what am I doing? Like, I just need to put all this stuff online so I don't have to teach this. So I started doing that. And the first site that I started was CourtneyTuttle.com. So my name, CourtneyTuttle.com, which that site doesn't exist anymore. But that's where it all started. So I started teaching all that stuff online. Um... And all my friends came to that site at first. So when people asked me, I said, oh, yeah, this is where you find it. It's CourtneyTuttle.com. So that site kind of took off. And before too long, it took off online too. And people were, you know, people were just into these ideas and people were starting sites and, you know, trying to make it happen. So basically a year or two after I started that, then I decided, you know what? I'm going to create a membership site and teach people how to do this. So that's where the Keyword Academy came to be. Um, it was just an extension of CourtneyTuttle.com. It was just more, it was basically just a different format. I thought, you know what? People really need to see video. 
They need to see me work. They need to see my screen. I want to show them how I'm doing this, but I don't necessarily want to do that for free. And my site, CourtneyTuttle.com, wasn't monetizing that well. I was I was selling direct ads, and that was you know it was kind of working. I was making a couple thousand a month, but it just wasn't enough to justify the amount of effort I put into it. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to create a membership site. So I did, and that was that was the. Keyword Academy, and that's where it started. Court, so with the Keyword Academy, what did you know about in terms of running a membership site? Did, you know, it sounds like you're quite technical, so you were capable of building websites by then for sure, and you were teaching people, so you, you knew how to teach. But changing this to you know protected membership area, online video, there's a lot of components there that's actually quite difficult to do it and really stumps people with setting up a, a membership site. So how did you go with all that? Yeah, so I actually took on a partner, which if I could do it again, I wouldn't do that again. But that's what I did. So I took on a partner and he headed that up. Um, he hired a he hired a programmer, so we had a programmer who helped us put all that together. And that was just the kind of thing that I could have done by myself. My biggest concern in starting a membership site was I don't know how to sell stuff. So my partner was a big time sales guy. Um, so that's what, that was the main reason why I decided to, to partner with him. Uh, but he, he took care of the, the setup for me. If I could go back, I just would have done it myself because I could have, or I would have just hired a freelancer to do it. That's probably what I would do now is I would hire a freelancer to set it up for me. But as far as just setting up the site itself, it wasn't that hard. You know, I used WordPress for the members area. I used BB Press for the forum. And I used Wishlist to protect it. And, yeah, if I, if I started a membership site today, I would just hire a freelancer to put it together for me. And, and build all those bits. And if I absolutely had to, I could do it myself. It would just take so much time. I just wouldn't want to. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for giving us the tools there, too. I was going to ask you that. So uh, BB Press for the forum for community, wish list to actually protect WordPress as a membership area and WordPress itself to house the content. Quite simple. So you, know, you said marketing wasn't the sort of thing you're strong at. Uh, did like Was it an instant success with the Keyword Academy? or did Because you, you said you used your own... SEO skills to bring traffic to that site earlier in the interview as well. So how did it grow? Because I think if we talked before, what was the top number of members you had at its peak? The top was about 1,700 members. Paying how much per month? Paying $33. Well, some of the members actually paid 29 So we have two levels. We have 29 and 33 And the vast majority is on 33 but some are on 29 mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had a very successful membership site. So how did it grow? Uh, it, it worked right away. Like I had a good following on CourtneyTuttle.com. So when I launched it officially, it worked really well. And we, and I actually, when we launched the, when we won't launch the keyword Academy, we didn't launch at 33 a month. We decided we were going to try to make the cost of the program a thousand dollars. I think it was nine ninety seven. Wow. And in the first, I want to say, I can't remember the exact numbers. I wish I had these in front of me. But we sold about 30, 28, 29, something like that accounts the 
first day that we launched. So we sold quite a few <laughs> the first day that we launched. <laughs> and that's, that's an amazing success. So can I ask you, maybe going back to CourtneyTuttle.com then, what was, like, you, you had this audience ready to go when it came to launching your membership site. Was that just a case of doing what you always do over a period of time to build your audience? You know what? That was much closer to what you do. You know, like, so I feel like I did everything on that site because I, I know how niche SEO works and I did that. You know, I tried to get into niches where I thought I could get the site ranked and the site did rank really, really well. But it was also a huge experiment for me because I wanted to rank for bigger terms. This is like something I had never done before that site. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pick the biggest one I can think of, and that one is internet marketing. I'm going to figure out how to rank for that. And to rank for that, it took so much more because, you know, the people that rank for that are out of control. So <laughs> everything, like I guest posted, I, you know, and I tried to guest post on the biggest sites that I knew of at the time, which were, I guess, posted on like ProBlogger, I guess, posted on John Chow, um, where else? I'm trying to think. I, I I just tried to get out. I guess posts on Mahone, which was, I think they were in the top three for internet marketing. Um, so yeah, all these big blogs and. You know what, Courtney? Now that you mention all this, I'm beginning to remember when I used to search for the phrase "internet marketing blog," which is one of the phrases I went after for a while. Your blog was there, and I was remembering who's this Courtney guy doing this? You know. And that was you. I do remember now. And this would have been a while ago, too. Yeah. So quite a number of years ago. So you, you definitely know how to do what you do with SEO. You're, you're, you keep proving that over and over again. So you definitely have a knack for it. Um, I think this was like in 09. Right. So and, I did everything. I was, I was networking. I was, I was uh, you know, I was making friends with other people. I was guest posting. I was... I did. What else did I do? I would do, I would do, um, I would do free SEO consults on sites in exchange for an optimized by Quartz Internet Marketing School link. So just stuff like that, you know. I just did everything I could to get traffic. I had traffic from forums. I had traffic from my friends. I had traffic from everywhere you can get it. I was just out there everywhere I could possibly get on that site. And that was the first time I'd ever done that. But I knew I had to, to be able to rank for that term. And also just to be able to grow the site as big as I could. So I really had a varied approach. I wasn't, it was pretty different from what I try to do with little niches. Mm. You've done both then. You've, you've been a niche marketer as well as a going deep blogger sort of scenario. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, the, all those niche sites you'd built, they were making money, right, while you were doing all this work on CourtneyTuttle.com? They were, yeah. That's what, I mean, that's pretty much what allowed me to do it, you know. I, I had the income already, and I wasn't making a ton back then, but that's when it started really catching on. You know, as soon as I launched the Keyword Academy, that obviously my income went up in a huge way, but... If I if I didn't have those other sites, I just wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to put so much into it to right. get Courtney Courtney really rolling. Yeah, you build your platform like so many people seem to struggle to do. They just can't get that consistent income stream, and you've done it really well. Have we kind of caught up to date with where you are today in terms of what you've been doing more recently? 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest project that I'm trying to do right now is the blog builders, which, which is what I talked to you about on the coaching call. And it's CourtneyTuttle.com 2.0. I mean, it's just the same thing. It's just me going out there, teaching people how stuff works for free and doing, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. I want to, I want to do YouTube. I want to do, I've been getting traffic from Pinterest. I'm going to do SEO on the site. I'm going to create some, some, you know, what I would consider to be extremely high level tutorials about blogging and picking niches and doing SEO for blogs, you know, just stuff that should generate a lot of interest, a lot of links, a lot of sharing. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, and, and I want to do that because I want to recreate what I had with CourtneyTuttle.com. Mm-hmm. And then still have, obviously you still have niche sites and you still have the Keyword Academy and all that's, that's running. Can you, I'm, I'm really curious about this actually, Court. What's a day in the life like for you? Do, do you maintain those niche sites every day or are you just working on, the, the, what was it, the blogbuilders.com? Yeah, that's a really good question. So since I have, since I have the membership site, the Keyword Academy, I spend quite a bit of time in there supporting, you know, just answering questions in the forum, answering emails from members, um, helping, helping members with there. So we actually have members that do niche case studies inside the Keyword Academy uh, cause we're always trying to figure out new things. We're trying to figure out, you know, how to get traffic from YouTube, how to, how links from YouTube affect your SEO, just all kinds of stuff like that. We're always just constantly trying to figure this stuff out. So I spend quite a bit of time in there every day. Um, then yeah, on top of that, I spend a lot with the blog builders. You know, I do like a Google hangout with two really high level bloggers that have insane traffic, like way more traffic than I have. Uh, we do these hangouts. We do, you know, I'm also creating eBooks. I'm creating some books for Kindle right now. So like a day for me is very, is very diverse. I'm working really hard right now, probably harder than I ever have. And that's mainly because I bought out my partner on the Keyword Academy on December 31st. So that's been about three weeks ago. And that's increased my workload a lot. So yeah, my day is, I I can do everything from answering questions in my forum to picking new niches, to writing guest posts, to being an editor for other guest posts, uh, you know, to, you know, creating stuff for, like I just put up a guest post on SEO Moz and that took a lot of time to prepare something that would be high, high level enough for them. So man, like every day is different, but I'm just constantly trying to, you know, pick projects that I know will make money. So it's kind of a long answer, but that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't mention your, your niche sites anywhere in that. So are they just autopilot right now? They really are. I mean, that's what I try to do. I just try to, I try to pick niches that'll be easy. And if they're easy, then I don't have to do a lot for them. Um, you know, they can slide eventually. If other people come in and create better resources that get linked to a lot, then your, your niche site's going to slide. And if that happens, then you have to go in and improve it. And I do that, but I do it on a 
as needed basis. So if I have a niche site that's just doing really well and it's the one that's getting linked to in that niche, then it's probably going to stay there for a really, really long time. And that's why I have these, these projects that have just been cranking for four years because if someone does a search for that and that's, and your site is the one that's getting linked to naturally in forums and everywhere else that people's talking about those, those subjects, then it's going to last for a really long time until someone creates a resource that's much, much better than yours and starts to get those, those links that you used to get. Now, probably a good time to start wrapping this up, Court. Now, I am curious, and I'm sure people listening want to know this too. Can you give us a rough breakdown today of, of what income streams you do have? The obvious ones are the Keyword Academy membership and AdSense income from your niche sites. Are there any others? Uh, yeah, so I have, I have AdSense is actually not that big of a revenue stream for me anymore because I'm constantly trying to get away from it. So I do, I, I much prefer affiliate offers. So an affiliate offers is a really big, a really, really big income stream for me too. Because for me, this is how I see it. AdSense is the starting point. But then once traffic comes to that page, there's almost always a better way. Whether that's creating a product or whether that's selling someone else's product, you can almost always make more by doing some kind of selling. So yeah, I do niche, I do niche sites, AdSense, and I have like hub pages, for example, that still pay you know, years later and it's all AdSense. And I have other stuff that's still all AdSense because I haven't really figured out how to take it to the next level. But then the next revenue stream for me is using niche SEO to sell affiliate products. And that's one of my most preferred ways of doing it right there. I would much rather do that than do AdSense, even though on a, on a project that does that, I probably started it by doing AdSense. And then, yeah, and then my higher level stuff with the Keyword Academy and, and now with the, the blog builders. The blog builders will be a massive opportunity for selling affiliate products. Where, um, where do you find affiliate products? Uh, so I use mainly ad networks like uh, Neverblue, neverblue.com, uh, Commission Junction. If, between Commission Junction and uh, Neverblue, Neverblue Ads, I have quite a few different offers that work well. Uh, but sometimes, you know, like in, the, in this internet marketing space, uh, make money online space, you kind of have to go straight to the source. Um, you can find some things on ClickBank, but there's just so much stuff on ClickBank that I wouldn't be able to get behind. It just wouldn't work. Um, more what I tend to do is I just sell everything that I use. You know, like for keyword research, I use a tool called Keyword Project Manager. It's keywordprojectmanager.com, and I use Market Samurai. Uh, that's just, I think it's noblesamurai.com, if I can remember right. It's a desktop app, so I haven't been to their site for a while. But I use those. I use Bluehost when I start niche sites. So those are three things that I sell a lot of as far as you know affiliate commissions. Um, I take a lot of membership courses just because I want to know what other people are teaching. And there's always something that you can learn. Uh, you know, like I took the 
I took the Become a Blogger course that you and uh, Leslie Samuel and uh, Gideon are doing together. I took that course. And yeah, I'm like, I'm probably advanced past most of what's in that course, but I learned good stuff in that course. So I will, you know, this happened just recently. So that's, that's just one more thing that I can sell. And I don't, I don't usually sell stuff that I don't use. So that's kind of how it works for me. Like I'm always taking courses, trying to learn new things. I'm using tools and those are the best opportunities to sell because it's the stuff I use. So that's, that's how I do it. With Neverblue and Commission Junction, those are good places for what kind of offers? The ones you mentioned are all sort of make money online type related products, but you you have things in, in debt and refinancing and I'm assuming a few other different niches. Is that where you get the affiliate offers for those things? So commission junction is really important for me for that world, especially the for yeah, for finance offers. You know, for loans, for for credit cards and they really have a ton of stuff. I mean, they have so many offers that you could look through. Um, and Neverblue is kind of the same thing. You know, to be honest, like Neverblue isn't my favorite. I would say they're they're more they lean towards more like the clickbank where they've got a lot of information things that just really aren't that great. And so there's stuff there that I don't like, but they have, you know, Discover Card the credit card company Neverblue has the discover card offer. So, you know, that's where you go to get it. So they kind of, they kind of both just have everything. So if you, if you want to sign in uh, on commissionjunction.com, then you'll see so many offers. Like it gives you lots of ideas for stuff you could market for niches you might want to get into. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good place mm. to go. Which leads me into, I think will be our last question. <laughs> never say never. The the person listening to this, like hearing your story now, Court, you you kind of stumbled into this with a friend who was doing a job that you liked the sound of, and then managed to get the same job, which has led you down this entire path. And who who knew it? But you happen to be really good at it too. Like you probably didn't see that coming, but uh, it happens to be a really great way to leverage your skills too. You've managed to make a, a really nice double double six figure income for four years now as a result of it. So, you know, fantastic. And I, I'm hesitant to sort of, you know, you can't teach people how to stumble into something like that the way you did it. But if there's a, a person listening to this who hasn't ever made a niche site that made money, or maybe has tried to make niche sites that make money, do you still recommend that is the best entry point, starting point for a new person looking to build an online income? For starting out, I really do. I mean, yeah, I really was the luckiest guy in the world. Like <laughs> it was so lucky. It was just a miracle that happened, you know. But the reason that I got so stoked about it was because I started a site and it worked. And if people who are just starting out, if they can just start anything that works, they just catch fire. Like I've seen it so many times. You know, we we surveyed we surveyed the the income, you know, the revenue of of our members, and it was amazing to see. But I wasn't that surprised because it's just this switch that happens. Like if you can make a even a dollar, it's just so much easier to believe that you can get to to more. So I just like to see people start something that works. You know, once once you can do that, you just catch fire. 
and I see it all the time. So I would, I would definitely recommend it as a really good way to start out. And there's other good, you know, I'm not going to say it's the best way, I guess, but cause there are other good ways, but it's a really good way to get started. Is there a certain type of person who's better for this kind of path or, or not? Oh man, that's a really good question. Yeah, there, I mean, you have to be able to handle technical things and if you can't, it's just really tough. So when I started out, I knew nothing and I had to teach myself HTML just with, you know, resources I could find in Google. But it's kind of, but it's not an area where I have had a lot of trouble in my life. You know, like I get computers, I get how they work. And I did before I started doing this stuff. So it was just like one more thing that I had to learn. And it, it took a lot of persistence to do that. But if you have a really hard time with technical things, I think it's going to be really, really tough. Um, unless you can find a partner that can handle that stuff. Um, also, like if you don't, you know, me doing doing it the way I do, it's because of math. You know, for me, it's just numbers. Like SEO is numbers, keyword research is numbers. And I'm really attracted to it for that reason. And if you're not into like numbers and systems and how things work, it's much, much harder for you. Like my sister is a really high level blogger. She, she, I don't know how comfortable she'd be talking about her income, but she makes a full-time income too. And what she does is so completely different from what I do. Like it couldn't be more different besides the fact that we both have blogs because she's just not into the same stuff I'm into. She's not into numbers. She's not into, you know, she doesn't want to do keyword research and that's fine. Like not everybody does it. Like people make tremendous incomes without doing it. For me, this is my thing. Like I love numbers. I love math. Like Google's algorithm is the most fascinating thing in the world to me. I spend hours a day thinking about it and testing it. And if you're into numbers, you're, you're going to be a lot better at look at doing keyword research and figure out the way Google works. I think you're a weirdo, Court. <laughs> you're interested in the Google algorithm, spending hours a day thinking about it, huh? <laughs> but, you know, everyone, just, everyone has a hobby, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know what, it's not for everybody. I'm not going to say that it is because some people just do way better just creating super, super high level stuff. I mean, that's what my sister does and everyone, everyone links to it and shares it. And like her traffic is just amazing, you know, just unbelievable. And she just doesn't really know how SEO even works. So, you know, there really are two tribes mm. and, and it's, it's great. Isn't that a great thing about blogs? They can be used as a platform for small niche sites, which is all about keywords and numbers or, going deeper in, in one subject where SEO happens without the person really trying like your sister. And, and what's her, what's her topic by the way? So she does like do it yourself, uh, thrifty decorating. Yeah. Okay. So very different from all the markets you're in as well. Like you wouldn't sit there and write a blog about thrifty de decorating, would you? Never. Like I, I mean what she does, I just couldn't do it. Like she, she'll spend 30 hours writing one blog post because she she'll like completely revamp a piece of furniture like she'll reupholster a sofa for her blog post 
you know, <laughs> man, I've taken a lot of time to write some blog posts. Like, you know, back in the day, pillar post, pillar, pillar articles, that was your thing. Like, I got that from you. I was like, I got to have that. So I did that. And I took 10 hours to write some posts. But she just takes it to a completely other level. I mean, that's just her thing. That's just what she wants to do. She just wants to create the uh, the greatest thing ever, no matter how long it takes, and put it out there. And she's just more into that. And she is phenomenally successful at it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just couldn't be more different. Like we, when she first wanted to, to do that, she came to me and talked to me about stuff. And she just completely disregarded everything I said, just did her own thing and was incredibly successful. So, you know, yeah, of course, for every story like that, there's no doubt hundreds that that do the same thing and, and don't succeed. So maybe it's the smartest advice we can leave people with here is that if you do want to improve your chances of at least making some money, if that is a primary goal here, a, a keyword focused um strategy or keyword focused system to begin with at least to, to start identifying possible money making niches is is a good step if you can weather the maths you might need to do it looking at uh, how much people are searching for and, and how much competition you have and what sort of cost per click values the advertisers are spending right now on ads if you can handle that then what you offer and again it's thekeywordacademy.com to check out your free report is the way to go is that fair to say court yeah, I mean, you ha you do have much better odds, and that's that's not even biased. You you really do have much better odds, especially in the beginning. But yeah, I mean, I see people make it work all the time, and I do remember looking at your your list of successful customers of the Keyword Academy, and and you broke it down by the number of people making a certain amount of money per month, and and you had starting at least making some sort of money, a hundred dollars a month. There, there was like I think close to 100 people in total, uh, maybe even more than that on that list. I can't remember, maybe 101 categories. There might have been several hundred overall. And I was sort of thinking my own experience teaching my clients, who we, we do more of the going deep with one one blog. It's definitely a harder path, but it's a different type of person. So, But Court, I think we've covered your story. Is there anything you want to add to this uh, before we wrap it up? Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I mean... I really appreciate you having me on. It was really fun to talk, and I don't get to tell that story very often, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's good to hear where you came from. I didn't know that, and I'm I'm so impressed that you you had no background in any of this before you got into it. So it, it really shows that you could be working right now at a supermarket, and in a couple of years' time, could be an expert at copywriting or SEO or blogging or YouTube marketing. You know, the internet's a huge potential opportunity for people, no matter where they come from. So you're a great example of that. So, so thanks for sharing your story, Court. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And good luck with the future, man. <laughs>